you are listening to a production of the Toll Network. This is Laser Knees number 128. I don't know. I was really teed at the time. I'm Aleph. And I'm Sano, and this is Machine Sentai Kira Major, episode 35, Mabushina's Wandering Notes, and episode 36, Rap. Uh, our writer for 35 is Inoue Tete. Our uh, writer for 36 is Shida Ayumi. They both did some good, good work this time. Yeah, these say. are... These are very fun episodes. Um, our director for 35 is Yamaguchi Kyohei, who really got to do some fun stuff. Yeah, wow. And for 36 is Tasaki Ryuta, who also got to do some really fun stuff. There's gonna be a moment from 36 that we're just gonna, like, it's not even that we're gonna dissect it a bunch, we're just gonna have feelings about it. We are just going to acknowledge it and look respectfully. Yes. Um, we do have some guest stars this week. Um, in 35, we have Matsumoto Hiroya, who is most well-known as Maji Yellow in Maji Ranger and Beat Buster in Go Busters. Um, and he was the ice cream salesman in episode 35. Um, oh, okay. He was also Hoshi Minato in Q Ranger, and he currently serves as the Sentai Goodwill Ambassador. Uh, so he does a lot of promotional work for Super Sentai... Um, I think he goes to a lot of the stage events, and he, he does a lot of stuff with the actors. Um, so he's very wow. involved in Super Sentai. He's been doing this for three or four years now, I think. I mean, he's a very good face for it. He is. Like, he's super charismatic. He obviously loves Sentai. He won't stay out of it. <laughs> <laughs> he just, he does seem to just pop up at the drop of a hat in a Sentai series if they ask him to. Yeah, so it's just he he loves the franchise, so he's you know, he's just showing up. He showed up uh, in 35 as the ice cream salesman. Yeah, and I felt so dumb because I was pretty sure that's who it was, but I wasn't absolutely sure, so thank you for clarifying that because it's like, is it? I'm not sure. I don't know. I Did just... We did get used to him in all that gold face paint. Yeah, exactly. And and with the, the, the big poofy wig. Um, in 36... The... Oh, go ahead. Man, the, I was just thinking about how Hoshiminato is just such a weird costume. It really but is. But it does very much scream, Hello, I'm an outer space rock star. Um, in 36, we also have Shimpeta, who is an actual hip-hop MC and actor. Um, I'm not familiar with his body of work, but I did go look this guy up because I wanted to see if they actually got a hip-hop MC, and they did. Um, and I think that it's cool that they went out into that community and got someone who is part of it to kind of be the, the host of this rap battle. Agreed, because, I mean, they didn't have to. They could have just got anyone, and instead they actually went to get something a little... Uh, What's the word? Authentic. Yeah. I mean, you know, good on him. Like they, they, you know, brought him in. They brought him to this. Uh, it gives it some legitimacy, and having him be like, "Hey, this is about respect. Our mm. what we do is about respect." I think that's cool. I agree. Like, because he gets to drive home the point of the episode, and I don't know if he loves Super Sentai, but. It feels like, hey man, you want to do this? Yeah, dude, I grew up on Super Sentai. 
I, I can't prove that that's anything he had to say, but... Yeah, it just, it, like, he came to this Sentai. and he, he brings good energy to it. Like the, he really does. The, the moment with him and Juru where he gives Juru the little fist bump was very, very sweet. They're really, honestly, that whole, that whole scene should have been just utter clown shoes. It was so good. Honestly, that whole episode should have been. Also, hey, hats off to Overtime for translating the rap and making everything rhyme. That's, I mean, I've, I, we congratulated them when they did that for, um, well, it wasn't them. Who, who did it in Zero One? Was it Overtime? Um. I forget. It's been, no, I it's think been we were watching Genom Corp for Overtime. Yeah. Or for, for Zero One. But you know, anyway, I I think they I know they did put that episode out late, and I'm assuming that's why. Yeah, and I mean they can put episodes Which... out whenever they want to. Quite honestly, it's just usually um, I watch these shows on Tuesday nights, and you know, 99% of the time they will have it have it out on Sunday. Yeah. Um, but that one came out further into the week, and I'm assuming it's because they were trying to translate all of this rapping. Um, yeah, which into something coherent hey. and yeah, no, like good job, guys. Yeah, respect. I mean, I know that respect is, you know, one of the themes of these episodes, but seriously, respect. Much like any time nowadays, if I'm gonna take a pot shot at like TV Nihon, which I don't anymore because like I haven't watched any of their subs honestly in like years, but anytime it comes out from here on out, it's it's a respect thing. It's a dig. It's a ha-ha. Because, like... Man, how are you going to hate on TV Nihon? Yeah, it's... And I was thinking about this recently. Um, who was I... What, what? Was I watching? Was it Kira Major? Where they had a lot of, like, effects on the subtitles. And that sounds like a TV Nihon thing. And that's the thing people got mad- one of the things that people really got on TV Nihon for. Was that they had, you know, had these effects on their subs or colored outlines to designate who was talking. Because sometimes when it's not your first language, it's a little hard to differentiate between three similar male voices. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like- yeah, the colored outlines, that was never the sticking point for me. The the effects, did not care for. But also it's like, hey, this is them trying to put, put a spin on it, give it some character. And I can't hate that. Yeah, it's just, it's just a thing where it's, I never had a problem with either, and... Again, I never picked sides in the tokusatsu sub-wars because it was stupid. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's a really dumb <laughs> um, thing. But it, it was just a thing that I thought about. I, I It might have been Kira Major, it might have been Saber, it might have been something else, I'm not sure. But just, I was, I noticed it and was like, man, I sure haven't heard anyone complaining about this. <laughs> and again, like, I'm, even, whoever it was, I, it doesn't bother me. I just... You know, it's like I was just so annoyed by the the Tokusatsu sub wars of I mean, the early 2010s because I was just like, please, just let me watch the the program. Anyway. 
Anyway. Um, I guess since we are talking about things which frustrate us, like the Tokusatsu subwars, um, let's get into the bad things in these episodes, because, like, there was a couple. It's, it's just a couple little nitpicky things, but, um, so am I the only one who thinks that the whole ordeal that is episode 35 is a little bit Takamichi and, and Murio's fault? <laughs> I mean, you ain't wrong. Because, okay, we're 35 episodes into this show. That's most of the show. And no one has brought up Japanese tea with how culturally major of a thing that is? Like, have they just, like, you know, Takamichi just never mentioned it? Like, hey, bro, we are in Japan. Tea is a thing. This tea is, like, exactly what booze is on the magic rock planet. Just make sure that Mabushina knows so she doesn't accidentally drink it. Like, I don't know, maybe he should have just pulled him aside for a hot minute when he first got back and was like, hey, here is this this major cultural thing between our two cultures. Yeah. Oh, by the way, here's a funny... Honestly, they could have framed it with, here's a funny story of how I found out about it because I have a new physiology. <laughs> that actually would have been really, really funny. Right? But anyway, sorry, go on. It's just, I feel bad that Mabushina got yelled at for unknowingly being given the equivalent of, like, tequila, when this could have very very easily been avoided by other people talking about it months ago. Yeah, because, like, like, we can't put this on Mabushina. And for once, it's not just because she's perfect and overall underserved by our story. It's just... It'd be like if if you sent an alien to Wisconsin and forgot for months to mention, oh yeah, that cheese on their planet is essentially cocaine. Like, that's... You can't get mad. Everyone's going to offer them the cheese, and if they don't know it's the same thing, why would they avoid it? Like, it's... This, you can't get mad at her. She's just... She's trying to take part in some local Earth delicacies, and frankly, it's as memory serves, there have been a few that she's thought quite highly of. Yeah, and it's just, I can't imagine with how much her and Murio hang out while everyone else is doing the Sentai thing, that, like, they haven't had tea before? And, like, yeah, maybe it was a different kind of tea, because it's, it's this one specific variety of tea that has this reaction but also like i don't know maybe y'all should have should have discussed this like takamichi knew he's he saw the tea in her hands and immediately recognized that it was was. the thing so why if this is a thing that like murio gives to clients as a gift and sometimes shares with his friends, why would Takamichi not have mentioned this? Yeah. Honestly, again, just as as a as like a fun, hey, little brother, here's a weird thing I learned about the people there. Their version of alcohol is essentially just really strong tea. How about that? Huh. That is really interesting. Like, I don't know. It just... Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a situation like, that is... should never have come up. 
And, like, again, this isn't, like, a aha, gotcha, or, like, the whole show oh, no. is ruined by this this plot hole. It's just, I felt bad that Mabushina got yelled at. Yeah. She didn't deserve that. She's just trying to, you know, take part in some weird new Earth things. And who can blame her? She's on a... If I'm ever on an alien planet... And they're just like, hey, why don't you try this? I'm gonna try it. Yeah, I mean, like, look, even going to a different country. Like, I I went to Tokyo, and my my host for the first week took me out for sushi, and I tried a lot of things that I don't normally eat. And she tried to trick me into eating natto. Which I didn't do, because I know what that is. <laughs> But she tried. She tried to trick me into it, and I'm like, because I'm like, I'm I I acknowledge that I was being a little adventurous. Like I don't normally eat shrimp, um, but I had I had some shrimp and, and stuff while I was out with them. Um, and she was like, oh well, why why don't we get natto? And I'm like, no, I know what that is. I'm not feeling that adventurous. And she laughed. She thought it was funny. Um, yeah. Because I mean, she was look, I, trying I to trick in... me into eating something a little weird. Hmm. I live in Sweden. Look, I don't, like, first off, I do not like seafood to begin with, but when they're like, hey, you want to try the, uh, the fermented mackerel, or just, like, the weird, uh, it's, it's just, okay, you get a little jar of this half-fermented, these tiny bits of half-fermented fish. Sometimes in flavored, uh, I don't know, it's it's not exactly a sauce. It's it's just sort of floating in this flavored brine, and like, look, it's. I thought it was disgusting, but I tried it. Yeah, like sometimes you just you just try it because I was like, look, if I'm here, I might as well. Exactly. If I'm gonna live in Sweden, I might as well try weird Swedish food. Yeah. I, I have never gotten brave enough to eat shrimp on a pizza, but. Honestly, Look, on I a white like sauce every... pizza, that actually that doesn't sound bad. Yeah, it's not a white sauce. Nah, well, I'm not into red sauce pizza as it is. Yeah. I I have a thing with oregano. I'm the I'm the worst Italian. I won't tell. Mostly because you already did. It's. Yeah, I mean, it's... look, it's not something that I'm. I have secret. It's. I know, it's I not know. secret. I can't eat oregano. I'm not allergic or anything. It just tastes like death in my mouth. Look, I just said, like, there's an entire category of food that, frankly, a lot of people just think is amazing that I just... it it disgusts me. I'm so. very picky about seafood. Usually I will... aside from sushi, um, if it's cooked seafood, I usually have to cook it myself. Yeah, understandable. Oh! Yeah, I was in I was in England once, and it's like, hey, we went down to the chippy to get some fish and chips, and like I had half that that fish, and I did not care for it. But like, look, if you're in England and someone says let's get some fish and chips, you, you get some it. fish and chips. You do it. Like, it's not even a when in Rome thing. It's just like, hey man, when are you gonna get another chance? And to bring it back. Yeah, of course if you put some some really high quality tea in front of Mabushina after she's been here a few months, she's going to be like, 
Sure, let me try the weird cool kind of tea. I've never had this kind. I've liked the other stuff. What the heck? I mean, and that's the other thing. Like, I'm talking about the stuff I didn't like. There's a lot of food you find in other places that you freaking love. Yeah. Man, I had tempura pumpkin. Ooh. That, that was delicious. really good. Ooh. That was yeah, um, so good. Yeah, like, all I know is, like, this isn't even Swedish food. First time I came over here, I had, I had, uh, kebab for the first time and I spent like the next like years when I was back in the states just like man where in Washington can I find me a good kebab and I could not find one yeah unfortunately you gotta go to like New York for that yeah exactly but you know like I'm, I'm guessing I feel like we've had bits where we found out that Mabushina liked some food from Earth and you know so why wouldn't again this one's on Takamichi yeah I I feel like like Takamichi and Murio should have talked about this especially with Takamichi knowing this and Murio hanging out with her so damn much yeah like of course eventually he's gonna give her the nice tea he's a good host he's a good host and a good friend of course he's gonna get her something nice to eat or drink as the case may be like honestly I'm just putting this one on Takamichi this isn't like me going back into Ugg Takamichi I'm so done with him because again he turned into the big chunky orange robot and I can't be mad at him anymore I just it's impossible for me but you know he should have he should have brought this up Um, yeah it's irresponsible dude I was also hoping that when Mabushina was powering up the little shooter disc into a golf ball for her apology, that she'd actually get to, like, fire it, and then everyone else would keep, like, hitting it along as part of the attack, and she'd get to be, yeah. like, part of it. But I guess yeah, it's just... The, it's the, the par for the course attack, right? Yeah, but I guess just making the golf ball is fine, I guess. Sure, it's fine. Um, it was cool getting to see her channel her energy into a thing like her mom does, but I did really want to see her, like, kick a dude in the face. Yeah, I'm, I don't feel like that's asking too much, but apparently it is. We did get to see her do a couple headbutts, but those were on accident, so I don't think they count in the same way. Uh, the, well, she headbutted the, like... the mask on purpose. That's true, yeah. The table Which was an accident. <laughs> But uh, yeah. she headbutted him on purpose, which was great. I want to see but her it's... destroy folks. Right? Like, if she's going to wreck the place, just let her wreck the place. Fists and flying feet. Just let her go ham on it. She deserves that. Like, she's... Frankly, that girl's gone through a lot of stuff, and she's been she's been handling her stress with a smile this whole time, and that's great and admirable, but... I mean, to quote the meme, aren't you tired of being nice? Don't you ever just want to go monkey droppings? I want to see Mabushina go on purpose and sober monkey droppings. Yeah, Even those. I just want to see her wreck some dudes. I yeah. want to see her end a man's whole career. Yeah. Just ruin his day and by and it's only 
the day she's ruining because he does not have the rest of his life. I just, I want her to just hit a, ma a Marskman so hard that he just stops existing. Yes. Just turns into a pile of mud. Or, Honestly, okay. Or okay. Garza. If she... Yeah, or Gar yeah. Garza, uh, a Marskman, preferably one who's taken out the rest of the team, or, like, if she's what takes out the reborn Numajo, like, we're cool. Yeah, have her beat up Minjo. Yeah, exactly. Ex yeah. Like, Minjo's there, like, I brought back my sister, mwahaha. No. And then she just clocks her in the face. <laughs> Cracks the mask in half. Like, we don't even have to see the impact. I just imagine, like, you could just do the the thing, you know, just show the fist moving, cut to behind the head, which then, like, whips back, and then just cut to the two halves of the mask falling to the ground. There. Like, just let Mabushina wreck someone. Please. She deserves it. She's so good. Yeah. And speaking of good things, uh, let's let's get to the stuff that worked for us in these episodes, because, I mean, unsurprisingly, there's a lot more of it. 35 was fun. This was a fun yeah. episode. And, like, from start to finish, it was a wild ride. Just starting the episode with Mabushino waking up, covered in dirt, cradling the shiny breaker with the meeting room absolutely destroyed and she's like what in the world happened like it is clear from the instant this episode starts that it's going to be goofy and fun and it, like it feels like a tropey episode but they've really never done anything like this before uh they did it once in geki ranger they did something similar once in geki ranger where uh geki blue got super drunk and got to do some drunk kung fu well, I mean, look, drunken, you know, drunken boxing style is is a classic for a reason. Yeah. And that reason is it's awesome. It but that's looks like, so cool. That's really the only other time they've done something like this. Which, like, on its own, all of that is great. But at episode thirty-five, having something this like laid back and goofy means like immediately we are getting to the end game. Yep. And, like, it is just a great bit of, oh, yeah, this is th some of the last bits of uncomplicated levity that you're going to get before this stuff hits the fan. And, okay, it's like this and the next one, but still, like, it it is very clearly, uh, okay, take your breaths now, because we're going places, and that has me so very hype. I also didn't expect them to be that upfront with, girl, you were drunk. <laughs> but I kind of appreciate that they were. Um, like, getting super drunk and doing wild stuff has some consequences. And I can appreciate that they did that in a very, like, lighthearted, non-PSA, non-scaremongering version of it. Um, but it does still come down to actions having consequences. And I know, like... You know, there are households where drinking is a big problem. Um, yeah, and we're but, not making light of that. No, we're not, but I I like that, you know, they're like, look, kids, drinking can be a little fun at the time, but, you know, you gotta take responsibility for your actions. Because, yep, I don't know, I just, I feel like say, we don't get that. I was, 
No, we don't. And honestly, there's a, a way too prevalent attitude where you get to say, I was drunk at the time, and that means it doesn't count. And I appreciate that this episode is like, oh no, it still counts. It counts. You don't even remember it, and it counts. It still happened. I also love the gag of Takamichi, like, even asking, like, where did you even get that necktie that she's got around her head, which is a visual uh, in Japan associated with salarymen drinking too much after work. Um, and they, I, yeah, I, what I assume it is, is they take their tie off and they tie it around their head like they would a, a headband. Um, yeah, exactly, because, you know, you're drunk and you're feeling good. Yeah, and it's, it was just very funny. And I, I just love that he's like, where did you even get that? No one we know even wears those. Which, honestly, I, unless I'm misremembering, I do not think they explain it. No, they don't. Because it's, no one is, you get drunk. the only one there with him is Mabushina, and she is wasted. Yep. It's just, hey, when you get drunk, you get the tie on your head. That's just how this goes. Also, speaking of, of like when she's drunk, I appreciate that to show she's drunk, since she doesn't have a face that, you know, has skin and therefore can blush, they just straight up spray paint one of the helmets. Yes. Just the big red patches on there. Because you know, why not? Yeah. Like, we're... Like, they might as well, like, if that, or they just have to put, like, big red, paste big red circles on her cheeks, and this was even better. Especially with the, the gold eyelids that are just sort of half-closed. It was just a really good use of that suit. And just, again, excellent mask design, because, yes, I was never not aware that it was a helmet, but also, in my head, I keep seeing that helmet as having facial expressions. Like, in my head, even though I know her mouth doesn't move, I can almost see her just struggling to speak because she's so inebriated. It's so good. It's really... her, And, you know, props to her suit actor. Right? That was a really and, good job. And good on them. They got to really do some, some acting in this episode. Yeah, which, like... You know, we we complain about it fairly often that a lot of suit actors don't get to do a lot of, like, acting! And, like, yo, that was some capital A acting. That was so good. Yeah, and especially with, like, they, there's definitely some acting involved in playing someone as very composed and proper as Mabushina is. And especially doing that for so many episodes and then really getting to cut loose and have that character be, oh, like, so wild good. drunk is really fun. Yeah, it's just, it's so good. And also, okay, this is a little more esoteric a reference, but I could not help going there. Because this whole setup plays, intentionally or not, I do not presume to know what Inoue Tete, that was Inoue Tete who wrote, yeah, uh, like their their cultural anything I would not presume but in the four kids adaptation uh not well dubbing it was kind of an adaptation because they like added stuff in. anyway uh, when four kids did Tenchi Muyo oh man there would was... be a lot <laughs> that was a time wasn't it yeah it really was 
Man, four kids. Wow. That's that's a choice, four kids. Why did you pick that show? Why was that a show that right. was ever brought to the U.S.? Right? Yeah, but... Anyway, so... There'd be these bits where Ryoko would get... Just utterly smashed. And she's holding up, like, the big bottle. And they keep dubbing it like, Yeah, get me some more tea. I'm very thirsty. I would like more tea. And that's how they kept... Playing it off while she's just smashed that she just wants tea and I'm like okay this is this is like a play on that kind of cause she's getting drunk on tea and now so is Mabushina I guess that's just an alien thing honestly I kind of wish that would be just a thing they would keep up with in Super Sentai just like oh yeah no you can't give tea to aliens why oh it gets them drunk I don't know. I think it'd that be funny. that would make Ahim much more interesting. Like, then what is she drinking? <laughs> what does she have? Honestly, like I, and here's the thing: there's no answer that isn't amazing. Look, if, because like, either alcohol, either she is drinking like actual alcohol, and that's just tea to her planet, or Ahim is just getting herself absolutely drunk in order to deal with these idiots all day. Yeah, exactly. Like, or she's just, you know, she's maintained a low-level buzz. Why? Because, um, in fairness to her, she's under some incredible amounts of stress. Like, have there you is seen... an alien empire that wants to murder her after they exploded her planet. That was a thing she saw happen. Oh, I'm... Yeah, he was great. God, she was, she was definitely the best pink of that era. And that's saying something too, because that was a, that was some good pinks in that era. Anyway, um, I just more than anything, on top of just enjoying how great it is that she just gets to wreck shop. I feel it is important to point out that the actual text of this episode is that the reason we cannot give Mabushina a changer and let her become the Kirame Queen is because she would just solve all of the problems on her own, single-handedly. Because we saw her wreck shop all over Tokyo just on accident. She just was walking through. She wrecked uh, Marskman. She probably would have wrecked the monster if she would have noticed it was there. You cannot convince me that if she was in a place where she could just lean in and do it on purpose, that she wouldn't break Emperor Yodon just over her knee. Oh god, yeah. Like, hand her a weapon? Or just let her be her own weapon? Because, holy mm. heck, with the headbutting? Like, yeah. all of the problems would be solved. Which, I mean, is a thing we knew when she was facing down Crunchula in the red light, green light, with absolutely no hesitation. That was so good, though. But, like, if she was allowed uh. to fight, if she was allowed to just headbutt every Marskman, it would be mm -hmm. over. Jotunheim would be finished. Yeah, she just walking up to all, like, they send all the Mudites after her, and she just, like, backhands them out of the way. I want to see her headbutt Yodona. God. That would be amazing. Especially since, like, I can totally believe it, because she's a crazy rock person, and yo, I'm willing to bet that a big heavy rock head that is just 
pure crystal slamming into your head, mm, yeah, that's a good way to be dead. <laughs> you saw what she did to that table. Yeah. <laughs> no lie. Seriously, though, like, I... Much as I understand that they probably don't want to tell Oridan about this particular event, because, you know, hey, uh, <clears throat> sorry we got your daughter, like, blind drunk. Oh. <laughs> but, like, you know, make him aware of this. So, if for no other reason, then, hey, maybe he'd want to hang out with his daughter a little more. Oridan, you dingus. It's really confusing, because he seemed to hang out with her all the time when they were back on Crystallia. Right? Like, hey, you know what you could do? You just have her set up a new place in Atomald and, like, hang out, and she can just commute back and forth. I don't know. She can bring Mom with her, with her and, like, you know, you just put her in a little holder off to the side. Hey, baby, wake up. We got new bodies. Check it out. I'm a freaky-ass bluebird of happiness. No, honey, you're the Twitter icon. I'm going back to bed. <laughs> also, um, I just, I need them to make another reference to this so that we can have an episode of Crystallian T-Boxing. Oh, God, yeah. Because, again, drunken boxing's amazing. Just give her some tea and just put the, like, a couple cups in her hand. Just watch her wreck shop. It'd be great. God, Mabushina's so good. Yeah, she really is. But I do really like the slowly unraveling mystery of this episode. Because you get this kind of cascading chain of events that was really fun to figure out what the next pieces were, leading up to the eventual conclusion of Takamichi being inside the giant monster. And, like, it, it was just really clever. It was an incredibly well-written episode for this kind of one-off gag episode. Yeah, because there's all, there's no reason that they would have put all of the thought in love and love into it if they didn't need to. Like, the reason, of course, that they did is because clearly Inoue Tete cares about their work, and I, look, respect. But like, they didn't have to. This could have been a much less complicated, much less interesting episode. And I just, I think it's definitely worthwhile to acknowledge that they didn't have to go this hard, and they did. They went above and beyond, and and I salute them. I'm also kind of glad we haven't forgotten about the Granter Stones being a thing, or at least Mabushina hasn't yeah. forgotten. Because I know we've been busy with the plot, and that the pandemic hiatus kind of shifted the role of the Granter Stones in the show pretty much to be out of the show. Basically, yeah. But it has been a hot minute since we talked about them, and this was kind of a fun way to remind the kids that they're a thing and will probably come up in the endgame. Yeah, I mean, we've got one more to go, so... Because we found the time one, and... Anyway, I just... I really like the thought of the writer's room, which is probably more figurative at this point, so like a writer's zoom. Ah? Uh -huh. Ah? Sorry. Uh, but I just like the thought of them just spending weeks trying to get back their footing so they can figure out what to do with the Granter Stones, and I, I like the thought of that maybe this is them letting us know that they've figured it out, and they've, they've got something for the endgame. 
it, it's I also know, just, I hope I hope so um, it was also really cute that Mabushina's this kind of wild slightly pushy drunk like she's not exactly an angry drunk but she's just like why are why aren't we getting things done why am I not getting things done like she's still got her sense of justice because she outright tries to fight both the Monstone and Golf Marsk and gets really upset when Takamichi's in trouble. Like, when he gets knocked into the monster, she's like, oh no, you are getting in this robot and we are getting him out right now. Like, she's just not taking so anyone's good. mess. Yeah. And, like, she just wants to have fun and let everyone know how she's feeling and what a cool person she is, but also it is important that if you get in her way, she will crush you with her unyielding fists. Not even her fist. She'll just crush you with her entire face. Yep. And, yeah, you will... You will regret getting in her way. And, um... Frankly, it's all I've ever wanted for her. Well, okay, it's not all, but it's it's a big part of what I've wanted for her. And it it makes it feel like her more, you know, proper and and upright general personality is something that she has to very carefully maintain. Because this, when she was drunk, she felt a lot like Oridin and Mabuyuine, and even a little like Garza. Like, she, she really got, you got to see kind of the personality of her family come through in her. And I hope as she gets a little older, she's kind of willing to cut loose a little more. I hope the same. Though at the same time, I respect that it's, it's probably that princess thing, because she's got a lot of other things she's about but she's also trying hard to be the perfect princess, especially since she spent a lot of time as the last survivor, and now she's merely the, the last of the conventionally embodied royal family. So, like, I don't know, I feel like she's kind of doing that full-on Ahim thing since, since we brought her up, and now all I just want is for her and Ahim to just get their drink orders swapped or... You know, if the case is that all aliens just get drunk on tea, for them to just go out, get some nice tea together, and just paint the town pink. Absolutely. I would love to see the two of them hang out. Yeah, it'd be a, like, hey, guess what? That'd be a great net movie. Or just one-off video special. Just, yeah. Also, speaking of, I adore Golf Marsk. Um, I love any time golf comes up, um, and while I do think golf courses are an absolute waste of land that we should use for, you know, to solve the housing problem, um, I do like the sport of golf, so getting to see golf monsters or golf-themed episodes is always a treat for me. You know, I was unaware of that aspect of your personality. Which, I guess, you know, makes sense because we don't talk a lot about sports-related things, but... Yeah, cool. I I could have sworn that had come up at some point, but I can't imagine when it would have because I can't think of golf coming up in anything that isn't Forze. Yeah. Which, by the way, that episode was great and has convinced me that Mew golfs as a hobby. I, I think that makes sense. Um, there is a lot of evidence... Uh, to support the fact that Miyu golfs in that episode. Mm. 
um, even though it's not about her. But yeah, I like golf and I used to play for fun with my dad. I enjoy golf. Um, but I just, I really like the design of Golf Mark's mask. I thought it was a, a very clever mask design. Yeah, I mean, it's it's that bird's eye view of a golf course as a monster mask. Like, it's fun, it's creative, it's really it's really clever. Honestly, while there have been a few mask men throughout who've had, like, less than great and some straight-up nightmarish designs, the ones that have been good have been so good. Oh, yeah. I, I, I really hope they get merch. Uh, Even just some of those, like, cheap little plastic masks. Yeah. Also, I love the caddy mook. Like, she was super fun. <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly, I think that that's one of the most fun things tying these two episodes together. Themed mooks. And I just, I feel like more Marsk men should get them. I, they definitely should do more themed mooks. Just in general. It, they, yeah, it's just, hey, here's here's that costume. Add Just add another element onto it. It's great. Also, like, I adore the golf cart monster, and how, like, sure, it's a golf cart. How do you know it's a golf cart? Because it's, I mean, besides the fact that it looks like one, it's kind of, sort of, if you, if you squint, being driven by Takamichi, and that makes it just a really lovely counterpoint to Golf Marsk, where the Marsk is just, hey, here is the abstract idea of golf as a mask. Golf cart monster is like, I don't know, what's what's a thing associated with golf you could make into a monster head? I, I feel you can almost see uh, Crunchula's inspiration, like, just running out <laughs> as he makes it. And I love it. <laughs> and I mean, Takamichi is kind of driving it. He can at least, like, stop it. Yeah, he can, like, turn it around and... Um, I also yeah, I just I thought it was fun. It's it's just really funny because I didn't even realize it was a golf cart until we saw the golf mask, and then my brain immediately went back to the monster and was like, "Oh, the head is a golf cart." Okay, yes, now I yeah. understand. Because I, mean, I thought it was just like a just van. Like, yeah, that's that's fair. But then then you see the golf mask and you're just like, "Oh, okay, yeah, it's good stuff." I also adore that even the incredibly stoic and completely emotionless, not even understanding the concept of having an emotion Yodona, seeing drunk Mabushina and is just like, what the heck is going on? And kind of dropping the persona a little for the sake of the joke. This is the kind of episode where everyone's character gets to be a little malleable for the sake of the humor, and I'm glad that even Yodona got to be included in that. Because, like, you see her, like, standing on the stairs and kind of, like, leaning over and trying to understand what she's seeing. And that was very, yes. very funny. Plus the bit of her catching really the ice was. cream in her mouth and, like, being angry about it for a second, but then being like, oh, this actually... I like this. Okay, we're gonna do this then. Um, like, that was very, very cute. I'm not sure if it's a light callback to Ankh, because this isn't Kamen Rider, um, but it is the same blue one that he would eat, and Yodona is cranky and bird-themed. Uh, but it- so it at least made me think of Ankh. 
Um, especially, like, when you see her later and she's just double-fisting them between her fingers and just eating as many as she can hold. I'm like, oh, that's very onk. I don't know if it's on yeah. purpose, but that's very onk. It is. But I, I admit, I had not made that connection, and I feel very ashamed, because, man, that is really obvious, isn't it? Good catch. But But also, like... To take this silly moment to a slightly more serious place, I just appreciate when we have simple things like ice cream or, or food generally, these, these little human pleasures, create the idea, even for a moment, that maybe the villain or whoever's eating them that has never had them before doesn't have to be evil. Like, you, you don't have to be a jerk anymore. You can find your humanity in this little thing, this little treat that exists basically just to be a treat. That's, I don't know, that's that's awesome, it's kind of sweet, it, 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 I don't know. It, it, it is it, interesting if we come, go, like, circle back to Crunchula and the Marshmallows. Yeah! Which, I guess, kind of proves that one wrong, because, boy, that dude still is, uh... Yeah, I mean, well... Still is a villain. You know, he was super into them, but then he was like, well, I'm gonna make these a monster now. <laughs> yep, he got... Came so close, but then just... Turned into... Just doubled down on the villainy, which, you know... That... Yeah, fair enough. I mean, y Emperor Yodon still in the back, giving orders. Yep. Because I feel like if also, he hadn't have had to come up with a plan, he just would have been like, to heck with this, I'm going to get some more marshmallows. Yeah. And he was just like on his way out to the store when Emperor Yodin's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm going gonna to get some marshmallows. You, you want some? Is that for evil? Yes. Yeah. It's definitely. Um... I definitely have a plan. Yeah, is this is definitely for a thing. Um, I'm gonna turn people into marshmallows, and then I'm gonna eat them. Alright, that is that is dark as hell, dude. Go for Carry it. Carry on. Because, I mean, look, in fairness, that is dark as hell. Yeah, that plan is much more terrifying than it looks on the surface. Yeah, you think it's... Like, it sounds like, oh, he's gonna turn people into things. That's what all Sentai villains do. And then eat them. No. I don't know, man. That's... Because, <laughs> like, it's it's one thing if... I mean, the only way it can be worse would be if he turned people into food and then fed those foods to other people who didn't know. Yeah, then you get a little Sweeney Todd with it. Yeah. Man, Crunchula is Sweeney Todd. That'd be amazing. That would be. I don't know. Man, that remember make... when they did Romeo and Juliet and Ryu Soldier? That was except wild. with actual poison. Man, Ryu Soldier was wild. Especially since then there was the fourth wall break, and it's like, and we called that mess. Uh, I forget the trickster dude's name, but he was great. Oh, uh, Weisel. Weisel, yeah. What a what a good show. Ryu Soldier was a good time. Yeah. Um, anyway, also, I just wanted to throw out that the blue ice cream 
looks a lot like the sea salt ice cream they have in Kingdom Hearts. So I think this means that uh, we're going to have Super Sentai in the next Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. I mean, I Disney Disney did own joke. Super Sentai for a hot minute. Well, not Super Sentai, they own Power Rangers. Um, well, okay. For a hot minute there. Check this out, though. Marvel, technically speaking, owns a chunk of Super Sentai. That's at least true. a very small chunk, because Battle Fever J was originally going to be a an Avengers tokusatsu show. Yes. Uh, because that, that was that following just... up on uh, Spider-Man. Yeah. And like, okay, that didn't happen, but apparently Marvel still has a stake in that, which means Marvel, seeing how influential that one was for Super Sentai generally, like, I'm sure Marvel wouldn't say that they owned a chunk of it. But you could, I mean, if there's, there's a connection you could get to. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that just Super Sentai is such a big thing, everyone's just, you can make a reference to it in anything in Japan, and like, what are you going to say? Like, this is no. a parody. There. Yeah. It's, I mean, look, everything is doing it anyway. Yep. Um, but I, I do really appreciate that what Mabushina took away from this whole episode is that if you're gonna apologize for something, be sincere about it. Yeah. That's, look, that's a great moral to take, and also further proof that Mabushina is great. And that brings us into 36, and look, I'm just gonna throw this out, and maybe this is just way too wild a shot, but the title is, all caps, R-A-P, right? It's just RAP! But a part of me kept wondering if that isn't a variant or a play on the the recent popular song, W-A-P. Um, I can't say what it stands for on this uh on this show, because we do not have an explicit tag, but um, I just like to think that the title of this episode, R.A.P., stands for something like, I don't know, Rangers Are Powerful? <laughs> it's Look, it's probably a stretch, but uh, I don't know. That's, that's how I do. Um, I am gonna say that at the time we're recording this, I have seen 37, because uh, we took our uh, Christmas, New Year's break a a little bit before Toei did. Um, so I have seen 37, and I love the foreshadowing of Garza sensing Yodon, and then Yodona walks out. Um, not gonna get into it more than that, because I'm very excited to talk about that in 37. Um, yeah. But even when that first happened, it was a very clear tip-off that, oh yes, we are about to go into the endgame. We're still, we are this, we are still in our moment of levity, but we are about to throw ourselves off that cliff. Yep, because look, it, this is the Christmas episode, so we aren't going to try and do a common Rider and make something depressing happen. This isn't but, Go Busters. Yeah. Oh, did GoBusters do something depressing on Christmas? Oh yeah, because the the conceit of that show is that the the event that that show oh, right. was that about was happened party. on Christmas. It was at the oh, that's right. at the company Christmas party, and about like I think three or four weeks before that, during GoBusters, we were all like, 
oh god, what is this Christmas episode going to be? <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Mm. That's, yeah. Intense. I also love the Kirame Stones, like, all styling their partners for the big holiday party. Like, that was very, very cute. And, like, even though Shiguru is teasing Jeddar for ha wanting him to wear something, like, really traditional, like he wanted him to put on a yukata, he's, like, he's laughing through it. He's being very good-natured about it. It's just this very cute little moment where he's gonna tease his little brother because he'd probably rather wear a suit. But he'd be fine wearing a yukata. He's just like, but you're putting these two in these, like, fancy modern dresses and you want me to wear this? <laughs> that's, look, that's just how he is. It's great. Also, like, this is a stupid thing about me, but I just adore seeing everyone get all snazzed up for a party. I love seeing characters get dolled up for, like, occasions. I don't know, there's just something really neat about it to it's me. cute it's fun seeing to get them in getting to see them in clothes that are not their normal clothes yeah but that are also in some way theirs because like i know that we're doing the thing where where you know he's dressing up like this but that's not what he'd usually do but somehow even that choice of dress feels revelatory about his character somehow yeah, at least well, it's, it's relevant to he's he's primarily an actor for period pieces. Yeah, it's just it's nice. I liked it. Um, I also really really love Oridan and Embark joining the party remotely, and that they make a note to say that. Um, because this is the Christmas episode. This came out a little before Christmas, and a lot of kids probably only got to see some of their relatives, especially grandparents, through remote contact. And that was probably a little bit of a bummer for some of them. So to see Sentai nodding to that and being like, hey, look, this is how it is for the Kira Majors, too. Mabushina is having Christmas with her dad remotely. But they still get to see each other and have fun, and they're, they're happy that they get to see each other. So it probably helped normalize it for some young kids. And I'm not sure how much of that was the actual intent of that moment. Um, but it, because again, both of these characters are big, like giant gems that don't shrink down the way the others do. But I don't know, it, it clicked like that for me pretty much immediately. And I really do hope that that was what they meant for it to be and that it did help some kids. Yeah, I, I hope the same, because, I mean, look, the pandemic is going to be hanging around for a minute. So, like, and there's going to be a lot of time where everyone is trying to process what happened after it's over, which, you know, hopefully will be soon, but, huh. But, like, anything you can do to help the kids understand that, hey, like, this is how things are, this is okay, it's not lesser, you're not wrong for doing it this way, it's just, look, sometimes things don't go like you wanna, and that's okay. And it's really nice to do remote stuff when you can't be in person. And honestly, like, it's giving people a lot of tools for later. Because 
even after the pandemic is over, I kind of hope we all learn to stop worrying and love the remote gatherings. Because, like, I live on another continent from the rest of my family, um, and while I generally just hate the holiday season and basically always have, uh, for, like, personal reasons, philosophically, I'm, I'm very well disposed towards it, which is a weird thing to be, but it's, it's nice that Zoom has become so ubiquitous that I got to see my family on Christmas. Yeah, and, like, I have a lot of family that lives in other parts of the country. Um, one of my mom's cousins and her family live in Oklahoma. Um, my One of her other cousins' kids are now all over the country. One is in, I think, Chicago. One is in Hawaii. One is in somewhere else. Um, they're not in New Jersey, but we all got to, like, see each other. No one had to, like, go with, go through flying home and whatever. Oof, yeah. And we, like, we, my family does a Secret Santa every year. And we all got to, like, go on a Zoom call and open our Secret Santa gifts together and, like, guess who did what. And it was surprisingly well organized. Um, one of my cousins organized the whole thing and she really did a great job and kept it all moving um and it was a lot of fun good well, i'm glad to hear that it's just yeah i i think it's great that like hey now the kids can watch super sentai and be like yeah hey there's that year that uh mabushina had to call oridan I know what that's like. That's yeah, and it's beautiful. like, oh, well, that's what my family did. We we did, yeah. that too. we did that, too. And, like, no one has to feel awkward or bad about it, which, honestly, like, I really like stuff like that because I feel like we're frequently in a place where we have to feel awkward and bad about things that we don't need to feel awkward and bad about a lot more often than we should. Yeah. So, like, the, the more we can combat that, the better. Speaking of feeling awkward and bad, um, Christmas also seems just like a really cool holiday. It seems like Thanksgiving, but without the ties to colonialism and genocide, which, like, neat. Yeah, honestly, let's, um, let's celebrate Christmas instead of Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, like, because it's, I love the theory of Thanksgiving, but I sure don't love the history of it. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. It's uh, it's built on a lot of lies and viciousness and just really bad stuff. We should... But, like, I like the Again. idea of a holiday about coming together and appreciating one another and, like, saying nice yeah. things and what you're grateful for in your life. Like, that's, that's a nice idea, and I like that. And it's. I also love that we got to see some more Crystallian art and learn more about their culture. I love that. I love those bits of this story. Uh, also, like, this is just a silly thing, but I, I hope at some point they release an art book of all the Crystallian art they've put together. That'd be great. Maybe add some new stuff, make some new stuff. It's really good looking. Yeah, I would buy it. Um, I also love... Crunchula's angry rap plan on kind of a meta level. Also, it's like it's fun on a contextual level, but on a meta level, it's like kindness breeds kindness, malice breeds malice. Hurting someone means they're going to be upset and are more likely to take it out on others, who will then be upset and are more likely to take it out on others. 
that chain is real. Um, it's why I try to be kind to retail workers and were always glad when, uh, when I worked uh, a customer service phone line when uh, constituents were kind to me. Like, I don't know the life or the day of the person I'm interacting with. If they're kind of rude or nasty to me, like, I don't know, maybe some another customer gave them a hard time a few minutes ago, or maybe they're struggling with something at home. I don't know. So it's just, I always remember the people who were kind to me when I was in that position, and it always made my day better. And I remember those people a lot more now than the people who gave me a hard time. So it's just, I yeah, always well, try to be that person. All the people who give you the hard time, they just sort of turn into just weird background noise that makes customer service a nightmare. Yeah, they, they all the blend together cool. unless they're especially weird. Yeah. Because just... a couple of those happened. Ooh. I, I frank, thankfully didn't have weird ones. I just know I once got called a minimum wage piece of junk. Well, they, they they use much stronger language on, than junk, but that was, like, that's a thing that has stuck with me. Yeah, I got a lot of, you know, you're just trying to rip us off, blah, 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 because I worked a lot of told violations. Um, uh, but yeah, I, 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 I worked... Uh, I... Uh, customer service for uh, credit cards. Uh, Boy, there was a lot of you just trying yeah. to rip me off. Um, I did get a. Ver I worked for a highway, and I did get a very weird one once. That is, what is the address of the highway? That. <laughs> and I thought maybe he wanted the address for like the administration building where I worked because people would come in and like drop off missed tolls. But no, he just he he was like the highway. And I'm like, it's, it takes up the whole state. It is the highway. Like, like you, I'm not, use... what he wanted was directions. He wanted something he could put into his GPS to get him onto the highway. And I'm just like, fair. I'm like, I don't, I don't quite understand why you're specifically trying to get onto the highway. Just put in the address of wherever you're going. And yeah. if it's in this state, nine times out of ten, you are going to end up on the highway, trust me. Mm. Sorry, like, that one just made my brain stop. <laughs> and this this phone call took, like, half an hour. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but, but anyway, the, the chain you're talking about, that is, that is real as anything. And I just want to double down what you were saying, that y'all be... Be nice to retail folks as much as you can, even if it means you don't get the thing that you want. Because, like, the thing that always got me the most is when I would state a fact about how things are, and they'd try and double down or argue with me or want to speak to the manager about it, and it's just, if you, if you don't need it, find it in your heart to say, oh, okay. Or, no sweat. And if they say they're sorry, say, hey man, not your fault. Because they're just, they're trying. They're just doing their job. They don't make the rules. Yeah, they really, like, the amount of authority you have in a customer service job is almost nothing. And I don't know why so many people who I'm pretty sure have worked customer service jobs think that when they go to some places, 
those people must have way more power, because that's not how this goes. No. <laughs> and, and look, no matter how much they're being paid, I promise you, they are not being paid enough to even give you the bare minimum. Frankly, the fact that they're there at all is, is a mirror. Like, they're standing up, ever. They stand up for a minute. They've, frankly, they've done more work than what they're getting paid requires of them so just people being cool makes the hour to hour grind of retail so much easier and also just spreads more good and kindness in the world and I think that like we're recording this just after Christmas and that's a very Christmassy sentiment but yo that is a keep Christmas in your heart every day sort of thing yeah um, Especially to retail workers, because man, but like the sucks. the long and short of it is that I appreciate the nuance yeah. of of Crunchula's plan here and what that can impart to kids, at, so far as putting kindness into the world. Yeah, that's thank you for bringing us back on track, Sono. But yeah, that it is a brilliant plan on that level because that's just that's how people are, and also I love the way they visualized it with just yeah the words you say. They stab people in the heart. Yeah. That's beautiful. And they stick there. Yeah. And that's part of what makes, inspires people. Not makes them, but inspires them to just be crap to other people. It's, it's, it's a really elegant uh, metaphor. I also like that when Juru goes out to tell Fire that, like, he found out this is why everyone was acting this way and they didn't really mean what they said... He does acknowledge that, you know, maybe it did come a little bit from a place of truth that they're just not normally acknowledging. Because at least the part about all of their partners, like, leaving them when this is over and how much of a bummer that is, that does feel like something that maybe they have been quietly worrying about, even if they just put it out of their minds because they're like, no, this is my partner. Even if they have to go back to Crystallia, like, we can- maybe we can find a way to go visit. Um, but, like, they should talk about it. Because talking it out helps solve these problems before they start, so you don't end up with that kind of resentment. Like, mm. talk to your loved ones about the things that worry you or upset you, especially in your relationship with them. Solve those problems together. Yeah. And it's, it's really good to do, not just because, like, it gets the problem out of the way, though, like, it does that. Or at the very least, if it doesn't get the problem out of the way, at least it makes it impossible to say that the problem was not addressed. Which, frankly, that on its own can be a tremendous psychic weight off your back. But it also gives you a chance to talk about the bad stuff before it festers and explodes out of you or inside you or just whatever it's it's just good for you i also just felt really bad for takamichi when crunchula did the diss rap about him because i feel like of the five of them his was the harshest because the other four are all famous in their fields they are legitimate celebrities like, I don't think Sayo actually worries about anyone thinking she's a quack doctor or Shiguru worrying about people not liking his acting. Because deep down they know that's not true. He get, He's, like, one of the most famous actors in the world in this show. Sayo is, like, going on TV programs. She's this genius surgeon. 
Like, all of them are celebrities. But Takamichi has a history of worrying about being pitied and not being good enough and not being able to save people and not fitting in in this place that he's found himself. Garza's literally been messing with him this way for most of his life. Like, for like three quarters of his life he's had to deal with this. And it's only recently that he's kind of come into his own and felt comfortable with himself and thought like, oh, no, maybe I do have a handle on this. So Crunchula coming at him with the royal son everyone feels sorry for? I was like, damn. Going for the jugular with Takamichi. Yeah. I mean, I guess through Garza he knows more about Takamichi so he can go for the jugular better than with the other four, but it's, man, like, of course he would flip out and start demanding respect from people the way that literally Garza does. Oh, yeah. Like, Crunchula came for the softest part of him. Yeah, absolutely. Which, like, like you said, the others are probably going to be fine. Sure, he hits some of those insecurities that they probably have to deal with now and then anyway, and then they just can look at what they've done, and I, I don't know, what whatever you do at that point, because, like, do you surrender to the art, or let yourself know that you're only insecure because you're growing in your craft, or, you know, whatever. But, sure, they might have those insecurities, but they also have, okay, like, in Sayo's case, okay, I have literally saved people's lives though how do i know that i'm not a quack i don't know that guy's still alive but yeah takamichi i mean until you brought it up now i not really thought about it but he did just kind of fall into all this didn't he yeah like he's the most powerful of the kira majors sure but like that wasn't even a thing he did because he wanted to it happened to him and, yeah, you'd have a lot of insecurity around that, especially when you add in being absent when Garza and this dude who's insulting you straight up murdered your adoptive parents and also his entire friend group. And your now new friend group are now four acknowledged masters of their field and also a kid whose imagination and craft are probably going to take him far one day, like... Man, it really highlights just everything. Yeah. And, and like, I'm, I'm not saying I agree with that assessment. Like, hey, you're doing good stuff. But, man, that would wreck me <laughs> in that case. Like, that, like you said, that is really going for the jugular. Um, I do love, though, when it comes to Juru, Crunchula's like, you know what? Instead of putting this kid under the spell and completely taking the Kira Majors out, I just want to publicly humiliate this child. Like, that's so petty. Like, and, and what also, even was though, his it, plan it, beyond that? Because it's not I like mean, the rat battle would have killed Juru. Probably not, but, you know, honestly, I think it's that thing that I wanted from the off where he is Juru's counterpart. Sure, there's there's people who are bigger and stronger than him, but he is the pure artist it's of true. the of the Yodon side. So 
on that level, but they didn't bring that up. I kind of wish they would have, you know? Yeah, I'm I'm wondering if there was some draft of this story where it was a little like that one Shinkenger episode, and Crunchula tried to do it to Juru, but he's so used to his classmates making fun of him that he was able to just kind of brush it off. Not even in the same way where, you know, he had the, the insecurity that... Kotoha, Kotoha. So I always want to say Monet, but that's uh, Gosei Yellow. Um, yeah. We're, not even that he was, he had the insecurity that Kotoha had, but just, you know, he's so used to it that he's just, he doesn't even hear it. And I'm yeah, kind of sad I mean, that if that's the case, it got cut. Because, yeah, same, because that would have been an amazing place to put it. Like, Okay, maybe he doesn't even feel insecure all the time, but he feels under pressure all the time, which, whew, that's a heavy thing. And he wouldn't be the first imaginative art kid to have that sort of nastiness in the back of his head or festering in his gut or wherever. Yeah, because, I mean, we know that those things are true about him. Even if he maybe is insecure and just the only thing that he's confident about is drawing... Because that seems to be the, the point at which he hesitated in the rap battle with when Yodona was like, yeah, and your drawings are bad. Because, like, anything that was about, like, oh, you can't save your friends, he's like, no, I know I can do that. I can, I'm going to save them. And then Yodona's like, yeah, but you your drawings are bad, though. And he's like, oh, what? And, like, that's where he falters. Because we do not, like, he came into this show anxious and unsure about, like, is he worthy of being among the, these people who are all literal celebrities? How can he match up to them? How can he be their leader? The first time we ever saw him, his classmates were insulting him right in front of him, and he just was completely tuning it out. And yeah, yeah he's coming to his own, but he's like, what, 17, 18? Like, you don't build up being able to completely tune that out and then have that go away overnight. Much as I think we all wish we could. <laughs> oh, yes. But it's just, I I feel like in some draft of this, that was part of the story and why, like, Juru didn't get out of it by just covering Takamichi's mouth. It just didn't work on him. Yeah, it's it's a really good moment. Also, in, in far less serious things I liked in this episode, um the graffiti version of the Yodon logo. That was really cool. Oh yeah, all, all of the graffiti art in this episode was really cool. Um, but here is the most important thing. I lost my mind when MC Yodona walked out. Uh, what, a, yeah, what a look. Oh my god, she was made for this. Yeah, um, Hey, surprise of surprises, Sono, you are not the only one. <laughs> like, I died and was resurrected by the power of that look. Yeah, like, God, Yodona is just too strong. And again, she was the one that got Juru to falter. Because, you know, halfway through, she sees, like, okay, being telling him he's not going to save his friends isn't working. I'm going to cut to the thing that he's good at and tell him he's not. I mean, like, look, that would, there are, there are certain, like, there are certain things you could drop on me along those lines that would wreck me. Oh, yes. So, but yeah, um, I think we are just going to take a, a 
respectful moment to just once more appreciate that, hey, that was a good look on Yodota. That was a... We are looking respectfully. Yes. Um, there's a level in which Juru and Fire's rap battle felt a little bit forced, but I do love the lesson that comes down to some gentle teasing between friends is okay if you're both cool with it, but it's only okay if you make it clear how much you respect and care about one another in actuality. And then if you go too far, apologize and mean it. Yeah, which, hey, that's a very good lesson for everyone to take home. As Shinpeita noted, you must first respect someone for the disrespect to matter. Like, I just, I really like that bit. Yeah, it, it was really good. Um, I'm a little bummed that Juru didn't get to rap about how each one of his friends is cool and special to him to snap them out of it individually and be like, Yo, Sayo's the most amazing doctor on the planet. I've never met anyone as fast even... as Senna. He wouldn't even have to get that far, because I bet he could talk about things he likes about them besides these things that they are, are that are like their job. Yeah. I think that'd be a fun th way to snap them out, too. It's like, hey, you're more than this thing you do. Yeah, like, talk about, talk about how Shiguru is this really cool older brother figure. And yeah. Tomatomo, how... he's he's always building me up. He's like the big brother I never had. And it's just it's I'm a like little that. bummed we we didn't have time for that because it it felt like that was what it was building to. Yeah. And then it didn't. I, and I, I was like, oh, the rap battle is over already. Okay. Yeah. I bet there's an early draft where something like that happens and I hope that like they have it written down and that's a DVD extra or something yeah like I, I was hoping that like during during the rap battle with Crunchula he'd, he'd start talking about how great everyone is and like one by one they would snap out of it and like he they would kind of be the ones tipping the scales toward him mm. which I mean again I understand why they didn't they, they got time constraints, but... Yeah, it's I I feel great. like this was maybe not originally intended to be the Christmas episode, and then they kind of had to shove the Christmassy things in. Yeah. Um, and some things got cut in the mean way. I mean, it was still a good episode, though. But... Oh, yeah, it was still very, very fun. Um, all of the Kirame stones getting to be part of the roll call and getting to do the really big group pose, um, that was really, really cool. That felt like an acknowledgement of how big of a role the Kirame Stones play and how much they're really part of the team. Um, and really, honestly, I can't believe two years in a row we've had, like, sidekicks to, for the Sentai, and it's gone over good both times. Mm. Honestly, yeah, that's... It's been a minute since they've actually been able to make that work. Yeah, it literally Goanger was the last time that it wasn't weird. I am still bummed that in Ryu Soldier only Tiramigo was got to talk out mm. of the team's dinosaurs. Out of like the main five. But you know, it's fine. It's fine. But he was great. So. He was oh he was amazing. But it's you know, two years in a row they did these sidekicks and I feel like maybe either the the 
Kishiryu as a whole or Tiramigo went over real well with the kids and that's why they did it a second time because that does seem to be I mean, how Toei can... decides to do things who can blame them though because uh, I mean, Tiramigo's amazing um, I do wish that Mabushina and Murio got to be in the big the big uh, yeah. group pose somehow but you know okay yeah I I'm just hoping that they'll get the love they deserve by the the end of the show. Like, maybe they can be there for the last roll call. I feel like they've earned that. They have earned that. But still, I mean, they've they've long ago earned that. But I just, I also would have loved to see them there because, like, everyone else got to be there. What the heck? Let them do it. But yeah, so that was some good episodes of Sentai definitely looking forward to the next episodes of sentai because oh, i'm i'm so noted, excited to talk about 37 yeah at time of watching we both seen 37 and y'all <laughs> y'all that's gonna be good i'm so excited but yeah um but again that's that's all we've got for this episode of laser knees so for all of us here at laser knees and the rest of the tool network i'm aleph and i'm sono and shine on, you crazy diamonds. <laughs>